want you all to know that America today, America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here, for the workers who work here, for the families who mourn. This nation stands with the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. I can hear you! I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, uh, today joined by Glenn Beck, of course, the Mr. Glenn Beck, uh, Stubergear. And we have got back in the house, uh, Blaze TV host of Slightly Offensive, Elijah Schaefer. You know, last time you were here, you were not Blaze TV host. That's right. I wasn't. I was just slightly ev offensive. Every, ev still slightly offensive. Yeah, a little yeah. more fully now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. comes over eventually. Yeah. So welcome, thank official you. welcome to the family. Uh, got a lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Relief Factor is, uh, I told a couple stories today. One guy named Charlie, who's a listener of ours, um, and he has been in pain for, he's 50 years old, been in pain for years and years and years, almost his whole life. Uh, and his wife uh, was a lot like my wife and said, shut up, Charlie, just take it. Uh, and so she made him take it for three weeks, and now he has got major portions of his life back, says he feels better than he ever has. And it's all because of relief factor. No, it's all because of your wife. Just like my feeling <laughs> yes. better is because of my wife. Relief factor. Wives, if you have a husband, don't listen to them. Just get it. <laughs> Tell them, sit down and take it and shut the trap. Uh, it will help them a great deal. May help you. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month, just like me. Relieffactor.com. Uh, so it is, of course, the 18 year anniversary of 9 uh, 11. Um, a lot to kind of unpack, you know, with the fact that we have now kids who are growing up who did not live through this. We've got kids going into college who did not live through this. This will be the first no election. First election that you'll have voters, if they vote, mm -hmm. uh, you'll have voters that. Uh, don't remember it. Yeah. So um, I do want to kind of get your thoughts uh, on maybe the consequences of of that. But Glenn, um, you actually spoke with that firefighter that was in yeah, that. Bob Beckwith. Spoke to him. Um, a fascinating story. Uh, like everybody knows him, but you don't really know his story. He was not even a firefighter. He was retired. He was 60 some years old. Um, I mean, think, I mean, he's almost 80 now. Um, but uh, he was, uh, he just went there. His family said, Grandpa, stop it. You're not a firefighter anymore. He's like, I've got to be down there. And he just, the bridge was blocked. He got into his car and he drove across the bridge. He's faked his way through. Faked his way through. Block, yeah. And I was there at, I was there at ground zero. You, you didn't fake your way through stuff. It was, it was, it was police officers all the way across the island. Okay. 
you could not move without the police officers uh, cutting off that. Then you got past that. Then you went and there was the first time I ever saw military in the streets of, of America. Mm-hmm. And they were sitting on Humvees with machine guns and somebody behind it. And you're like, um, uh, and he bluffed his way through that and was just working, you know, trying to dig people out. They, he had helped find the, the big fire truck that they were standing on. They had just moved it over. The guy came over and said, is that safe up there? And he's like, yeah. He's like, somebody's going to come over. You should get down when he gets up. Next thing he knows, the president's there, and he tries to get down. And you can see it in the video. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get down because Bush said, where are you going? He's like, no, you stay up here with me. And he put his arm around him. He went home. His family had said, you're not going to get in. They're not going to help and he gets home and everybody's over at his house going, Bob. <laughs> and he didn't even realize cameras were there. He thought, nobody's going to believe me that I saw the president today. Wow. Uh, Elijah, you, do you remember 9-11? I feel like you're by far the youngest one at the table. Yeah, you know, as being 30 years younger than everyone here. It's pretty, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Oh, all right. Hold on now. Right. That's kidding. Yeah, I, was, I was a zygote during the time of 9-11. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, what's, what's really weird, I think a lot of people don't realize, is that with younger generations, um, they kind of get written off as forgetting mm-hmm. about uh, 9-11, forgetting that it actually happened. It's like, well, you were young. But I mean, when you were young, you remember like abuse. When you're young, you remember mm-hmm. tragedy and trauma. Mm-hmm. And I think that 9-11 really was a traumatic experience for younger people that, that the older generations don't realize because the whole world changed. When you were younger, even though I was only eight when it happened, I never heard about you know tapping and spying on citizens, about national security, about invading other countries. America was just a safe place. And then after that, you suddenly felt the fear. And you can tell when, when adults are, are trepidatious. You can tell when they're mm-hmm. afraid. And I know when we went to a prayer meeting at my church that night and people were crying that I, you know, the, the tears, mm-hmm. the, the sadness, people that, maybe wouldn't have been patriotic just coming together you knew it was serious Mm -hmm. and it sears your heart you know ever since then and you know that you can never get back that innocence and i think it kind of scarred the country and almost took away an innocence in the nation from young to old he's kind of unfair to ask because your father actually went and was at ground zero and helped yeah restore things Mm -hmm. if you will and has trouble today still, right? Yeah, he's part of the the, uh, the fund, right? He's part of this this group of people. I'm not sure the exact name of the one he's a part of, um, but I know that that he's like on a watch list of all these types of things. I know that he's mm. has well, he has plenty of health problems in his life. Obviously, we don't know what's linked to what mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. But I know that a lot of the people that he knows that went down there. I mean, he's a pastor, and uh, quite frankly, he just knew I need need to go there. Just like that firefighter, he knew I need to be there. And so I know, like in my family, your dad's gone. Mm-hmm. And you realize that it's so serious. And we're from LA. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. He needed to get there. You know how hard it is to get a flight. You know, around that time, yeah. in yeah. general, let mm-hmm. alone to New York. And I think, I mean, we saved. He told us save the magazines. You know, save the newspapers. Remember this day. Like you're never gonna forget it. And that's so ingrained in my head. And I don't think, to be honest, I don't think public schools did enough. I was homeschooled, mm-hmm. and a lot of public school students said they just were just sent home or they just turned on the news. And so it wasn't passed to them, but having that family intensity really laid it in my heart. It's interesting because um, I was divorced and my children were living with their mom and she said, I don't want them watching any of this. Mm-hmm. And so I... Uh, How old were they? They were nine and seven, okay. maybe. And um, so I 
uh, abided and and uh, when the movie 911 the flight or United 93 or whatever it was that movie that came out the first one that showed the actual uh, I took my daughters who were much older then um, in college and I took them to that movie and that was the first time that they had ever seen the World Trade Centers come down really? they had read about it they knew it they had seen pictures but they had never seen them come down devastated mm-hmm. just it was it we walked out of the theater and we walked down fifth avenue and my daughter was just just as devastated as as i was and she knew all of it she just had not seen it Stu, you have kids who are about the same age as mine and it's something that i struggle with too is like i you don't you want to preserve their innocence right like i don't want to sit my seven-year-old son down and tell him this is what today is all about, and we need to, you know, remember this because this is what happened. Um, I think it's a mistake. I, I didn't. I, I think it's a mistake. I mean, in at, retrospect. At what age, though? Because there's got to be a line, right? You know, have you ever read Grimm's fairy tales? Yeah, they were really dark. <laughs> really dark. Yeah. I mean, they are. Much of a fairy tale. Yeah, <laughs> they are really dark, and they were all done to scare <laughs> the crap out of little kids to tell them, "Hey, this is the world you're going into." Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, You come up to a a big candy house and you're hungry. Yeah, there's a witch inside. Uh, You can't eat the house. That doesn't work. Life's not candy and free gingerbread houses. That's what Hansel and Gretel is supposed to teach you. Um, And all of these fairy tales are like that. And we stop telling them. We've disnified everything. So there's nothing to worry about. Well, there's plenty of things to worry about. And not to dwell on it, but that's part of growing up. You got to know these things happen Mm -hmm. and we're doing everything we can to protect you. But when something this big that has changed the course of humanity may in the end be the key responsible factor for losing freedom around the world, when that happens, they should know about it. Stone, do you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know what the age is exactly. Yeah. I mean, I haven't talked to my kids about it really at all. Um, I mean, I, I, I am trying to preserve their innocence and probably to some level that's too high. Um, but I think that's normal for parents with little kids. You don't want to, I don't want to put that in their minds. No, I know. You know but I mean, I, How old are your kids? Uh, six and eight. Like boy and girl or girl? Uh, boys, eight, girl, okay. six. Uh, well, I have, I've, that's how I gendered them. I don't know what their actual gender is. I, <laughs> they I haven't declared. Right. Gender. They have not declared yet. So, um, you know, it's just amazing because, they, I mean, it, how that really pushed into every part of life, right? I mean, like my, my wife used to work at Z100 in New York, and uh, she uh, that studio was on the opposite side of the river in Jersey City with giant glass windows looking right at where the World Trade Center was. And we have a clip that we play every year um, in the, the sort of 9-11 montage where, you know, the morning show is coming out of a Jennifer Lopez song. And, like, I, there's something going on at the World Trade Center. Like, I, there seems to be on fire. And it's like, it's, like, think about that. There were, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of kids sitting there listening to that happen all over the country in real time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it had to, it has to affect you. It wasn't just the news. It was everything. So here, let me just, let me just tell this story. Um, When I was at CNN and at Fox, I had to have special permission, the only video, I had to have special permission from the executive floor to play the video of the towers on fire and or collapsing. 
It was in a vault and it was never for air unless it was September 11th or you had a damn good reason. So you already have people protecting us from those images. I think it's important because what the what they do is they erase the image of this because they're protecting us from anger while elevating this nonsense of Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. And you see this in today's world with the New York Times and also the uh, the Washington Post where they are they're telling a different story. It's important. They are the keeper of the vault, literally the keeper of the vault. Um, I want to get into uh, all of those, the New York Times and the Washington Post and all of those. Let's let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and take a quick break so that we have time to get into that when we come back. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor. I guess we should thank you directly, Glenn, realestateagentsitrust.com. This is a company that I started along with my wife and my brother, uh, Robert, uh, five years ago, something like that. Um, I've always, I've been in radio my whole life and I hate selling my house and I never seem to get the right real estate agent and it's always just a nightmare and blow up balloons and hey, it's another showing and ah, just sell the freaking house. Uh, and so I started doing business with, uh, on something else, with the 500 best real estate agents, according to the Wall Street Journal, on something else. And so I started talking to them, and I realized, hey, there's a system to selling your house. And I didn't even know that. Uh, there's actually like a template that you should be looking for in a real estate agent. So what we did is we came up with realestateagentsitrust.com. We know the template. We found the people. We check their their records. We know who's best in your neighborhood. And if you don't have one in your neighborhood, we don't recommend one. Um, We have about 5,000 people who are real estate agents that are waiting to be an agent for us. We don't take everyone. We want to make sure we can manage those people and make sure that we know exactly if they start to fall out, we got somebody else that can do that job. Realestateagentsitrust.com, the people that you can trust to sell your house fast on time for the most amount of money and get you into a new dream home. You know, the, uh, when I first heard about that, I was one of those things that you're like, gosh, this is such an easy concept that no one <laughs> thought of. Why didn't I think of that first? Mm-hmm. That's like a Shark Tank idea right there. Yeah, yeah. It was harder than the, the idea was. And it seemed like that. We're like, that's genius. And then you actually have to do it. And you're <laughs> the like, execution is hard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We have to follow these people all the time. It's, it's true. It's a lot of work. But. Thanks. Well, thanks service. for doing it so You're that welcome. none well, the of the federal us government made a good template of following people and keeping yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just look to the feds just, and you learn we a lot. Just call, we call up NSA <laughs> yeah. and say, how are they doing? Yeah. Right. Uh, so I want to get into some of the, the coverage of 9-11 today. Um, I, maybe I just don't have a very good memory, but I don't recall that it's ever been this bad. Um, I don't know if you, Elijah, would you agree with that? You know, I... I really think that the media is so out of touch mm-hmm. with the actual country and so out of touch with, with what's best for us that they're not even hiding their social reengineering. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's gotten to a point where the stories that they're writing are basically taking reality 
and then removing it entirely and saying, well, in a room, well, what, what do we want the people to think? How do we want them to behave? Mm -hmm. Oh, here's what we'll do. And, and, and I, I understood when the media, for instance, let's say something like, like happened where you could twist it easily, like a mass shooting, right? Mm -hmm. And so we have like the Dayton and the El Paso, and one of them's a radical left-wing, one's a radical right-wing, and they selectively choose mm -hmm. one story, which is, it's true, it's a guy with right-wing mm -hmm. ideas, mm -hmm. so it's not false, they're just selectively leaving out. Mm -hmm. But now what they're doing is they're doing something unthinkable where they're, taking Americans who, who lost their lives and also lots of servicemen who have, who have signed up because of 9-11 and, and, and the things that happened and Americans who were patriotic, you remember the years after. And they're saying, we don't care about those people. What we're really concerned about is not uniting the country. It's just rooting out these false monoliths like Islamophobia, which is this crazy idea. Like people just don't like Muslims or are afraid of them because they just are racist, you know? And then they, 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 they skew the whole narrative when Islamophobia is not even in my opinion, it's not even a big issue. Yeah. I have Muslim friends. I'm never like, oh, Raheem, you know, I'm not, yeah. you stay away. I've, nev I've never thought all Muslims are bad. I've never met a no. person who thinks all Muslims are bad. Mm -hmm. And they, they have this idea now that America is racist. And if you talk about your past, if we look at 9-11, that makes you a bigot. That makes you against progress. And instead, we're going to forget about these deaths. We're no longer going to remember it. And we're going to talk about racism well, again. Talk about, talk about specifically what the New York Times and the Washington Post did. Yeah, so uh, the New York Times, um, there were a couple different things from them. So first of all, the, in the, well, yeah, let's do the tweet. So in their tweet that they, to their credit, deleted, but... They had a tweet out this morning that said 18 years have passed since airplanes took aim and brought down the World Trade Center. Today, families will once again gather and grieve at the site where more than 2,000 people died. <laughs> airplanes took aim. Yeah, they did. It was that, that new Boeing plane that's been grounded. Mm -hmm. It just all of a sudden took aim. It was like, World Trade Center, Pentagon, Pentagon, Pentagon. And it just took over. It was the airplane. There was no Muslims. <laughs> Muslims were trying to stop it, I think. Yeah. I, this is, it's unbelievable. And then let me, just mm -hmm. another from the New York Times. Uh, in their op-ed section, they had the only thing that they had in reference to 9-11 today was called The World 9-11 Took From Us, which was a Muslim talking about um, how he learned that he was different and basically he learned about Islamophobia. That was, that was the one Didn't learn about piece. Sharia law? No. No, didn't, huh? Because I would think if I was a Muslim and my parents were Muslim and they were, you know, great Americans and loved the country and even were from that part of the world and escaped from that nightmare, I think that's what my parents would have been teaching me. This is why Sharia law is a freaking nightmare. Mm -hmm. We have a woman on, you, you have, have you heard of the Al-Qaeda bride? Okay, the, uh, the woman, um, she was over in England. She's not the one that, you know, she's not the bad one that was like, oh, no, really, I had no idea. <laughs> this woman admits she was part of it. She got out of it because she started, she had children and she started to see what was going on. She's going to be on the radio show with us tomorrow. Oh, nice. She said, today we were talking to her um, and she said, I, I read the Constitution and I read your Declaration of Independence. I don't, I don't understand you people. I've never read anything like that before. The, the, in the world that I lived in, you, di you, di you didn't have any of that. Mm -hmm. Th that's somebody who looks at Islam and says, okay, I could have friends who are Islamic, but this is Sharia law. And this goes against everything that any, anyone in the West understands as freedom. Why are we talking about that? Because 
we have had shepherds all along the way that don't like America, don't like us, don't like what we've done as as Westerners and are, are trying to make sure that they can change that and they're shaping it. And you said, I love what you said, it's kind of like, and I know that it's not what you meant, because what you really meant was, it's not kind of like, it is. They are reshaping us. They are repackaging the truth intentionally to make us believe something. It's nudge, but it's being done on a global scale and now with the help of Google and everyone else. Yeah, uh, and then Elijah, you were, you were all over the Washington Post story. I was so all, over, all over these news outlets because you know why? And this is why they hate us, because they want to act like conservatives don't exist. And part of our job now has become like 50% of my job has become just calling out the crap mm-hmm. on the left. Just to say, hey, not all of us are believing this. And because of the pressure of people like myself and a lot of other people, um, they have to delete these because they go, ah, oh, we haven't gotten away with it yet. But what's scary about this is getting on it so early to see that so early in the morning in America, on September 11th, they were prepared armed and ready to push propaganda to, to, to just unload it on the people. And they thought they were going to get it. They wouldn't have done it. They didn't think they were going to get away with it. And then they, they go, oh, shoot, America, we haven't, we haven't uh, brainwashed them enough yet. Got to delete that, but we'll try it again next year. So mm-hmm. yesterday, yesterday, this is what they did today. Yesterday, the New York Times had to delete a tweet that said, this is the death day of, of Chairman Mao of China, who is remembered as one of the great revolutionaries of the 20th century Uh, that was the day before oh my you would think if you have to keep deleting these tweets you'd be like hey we've got a problem in the tweet department (laughs) maybe we should maybe we have a problem with people not the tweets Uh they keep mocking president trump for all of his tweets but they seem to be deleting a lot of them yeah from themselves he at least is like yeah i was taking a crap at three o'clock in the morning that's what i thought you know yeah i still don't know what that means uh, you know it's it's on september 11th it's kind of weird to like because it gives you a different it's different perspective i mean you're watching this footage go on i mean i, I used to give msnbc one day of viewing per year because every year they would run the actual footage as it happened you know from minute and they stopped doing it and it's a sign i think you know it's 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 a it's emblematic of what's happening right now i mean i went on you know twitter this morning largely because if you go to ari fleischer's uh uh, account today because he account he does a minute by minute thing of what happened that day he was there with bush the whole time um it's fascinating to read, and I read it. I try to read it every single year. Um, but I mean, when I got on there, it was all it was was you know it was mainly conservatives pointing out about the New York Times, which is like obviously horrible and like you know a pathetic job by them, and uh, the the left saying uh, Trump is tweeting uh, things about. Um, uh, he was he was tweeting about you know t- typical political battles and where's where the you know, where the remembrance of nine eleven tweets, and it's like. It, on 9-11, it's so much easier, I think, to give yourself perspective and stop back and be like, okay, like, you know, people are tweeting dumb things. Like, how is this the thing that we focus on all the time? I feel like we waste so much time going back and forth about a lot of this stuff that goes away. Like, you know, think of Sharpie Gate. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're a week away from Sharpie. Sharpie freaking, freaking Sharpie. Gate. I don't even think about it. That's, yeah. <laughs> I never yeah. did. I never had a thought yeah. of it. Yeah, I know. But well, I, mean, I did to try to understand what the heck the big deal was. Right, exactly. But it's the mean, best advertising for Sharpie they've ever gotten. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> free free yeah. ads. Uh, but I mean, it's just like these, these things are all, they come and they go, right? And three days later, like, this thing that seems super important one day, three days later is nothing. Nothing. And, you know, I, I, like 9-11, I think at least gives you a moment of perspective to sit back and say, like, here's something that happened 18 years ago 
ago, and we still, I still remember. I mean, every time we play those clips in the morning, every 9-11, it still hits me. I mean, I remember doing it, and it brings, I think, everybody back to that moment. Um, and I, I don't know, make, it would be nice, because there was a time where right after 9-11 and the 9-12 project was named for this particular purpose, that people actually got rid of all that nonsense for a couple days. Yeah. And it's, it's something that we kind of try to get back to here and there, but it, is, it doesn't seem to work very well anymore. But we still, I mean, it was a, based on principles and values. What, are, what can we actually come together and agree on? You know, it seems like so little these days. Yeah. All right, back in a minute. It was interesting <laughs> to read today that Air Force One didn't have... Elijah, you are doing uh, amazing work right now, and it's something that I really want to to talk to you about here when we go into overtime. Um, but before we do that, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to tell everyone where they can find you online. Yeah, of course. So um, basically, this the show's called Slightly Offensive, and it's slightly offensive not only because of the variety of content we put out, but what we're really known for is... Uh, the fact that we do a lot of our own groundwork and we actually get on the field and we do something that news stations don't do anymore, which is actually go capture the news. Um, but we mix it with political commentary, humor, and we actually get in there to get out of the echo chambers and talk to people. Even sometimes, we mostly go to the far left, but we even go into the extreme right too. We go into the dark caverns. You can go to youtube.com slash slightly offensive or you can go to the Blaze TV's YouTube as well or slightlyoffensive.com. Again, it's youtube.com slash slightly offensive and you can find tons of videos for free under Blaze Media. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.